Hello, and welcome to Red Rock Relationships, a podcast about communication. Let's unpack the relationships that we encounter in our daily lives and learn about what makes them tick. And now your host for Red Rock Relationships, Dr. James B. Stein. All right, we're back in action with another exciting week of Red Rock Relationships. I'm so happy to be here. And we are going to continue our journey down the old negative rabbit hole. We've been talking about things like conflict and divorce and some of the nastier underbellies of close relationships. And now we're going to get really, really specific with it and talk about one of my most favorite subjects to talk about. Uh, We're going to talk about jealousy. And to do that, we have the person who literally wrote the book on it. I'm very fortunate to be joined uh, by Dr. Laura Guerrero. Thanks so much for coming, Laura. Oh, you're welcome. Good to see you, James. Yeah, you too. So um, the way that we do things on this show is usually we uh, we just give the guest a, a little while to explain his or herself and, you know, where you came from, uh, what brought you to the study uh, of your field of expertise and what you're up to now. And then we just kind of dive into it. So can you give us the, the elevator talk on uh, on your academic yeah. history? Yeah, sure. So I'm a professor at Arizona State University in the Hugh Down School of Human Communication. And my research is on close relationships. I kind of have two threads within my research, both that relate to healthy relationships. And the first is kind of the bright side. So how do we maintain relationships? How do we know when we should forgive and should not forgive and engage in repair strategies? And then the dark side includes most of my research really in that has focused on jealousy and hurtful events. Mm -hmm. And I became interested in this because Uh, I knew so many people who were dealing with jealousy, usually towards them, and it was having, you know, wrecking havoc in their relationships. And I tried to do some research on it to see, well, what's the communication element? And when I looked, it was very interesting that there's really nothing on the communication part of it. It was all about the psychology of it. And the only studies I really saw said that now jealousy can be expressed in a positive way or a negative way. And I thought that's not enough. We have to find out more about how specifically it's expressed. Mm. Yeah. So, um, as a result, you were able to do a whole program of research on jealousy and you know, something that you didn't mention in your bio is that you're one of the people who are responsible for me being here where I am today. You were on my dissertation committee and you were the person in charge of asking me all the really difficult questions during my defenses. <laughs> so it's nice for me to be asking you some questions for a change. I'm excited to do that. Um, you know, I, I think it's important that you bring up the communicative element of jealousy. Like if you want to get really academic, like your your big initial contribution was the communicative response to jealousy measure. It is an awesome measure, but it is especially awesome because of all the heuristic value that it had and where it led us to study. Um, and it really showed us the difference between experiencing jealousy and then expressing and communicating that jealousy, which is a huge difference. I want to start by talking first about jealousy broadly, uh, because we we actually need to do a little bit of work in unpacking what jealousy is, because it's something very specific, and a lot of people have misconceptions as to what jealousy is. So can we spend some time talking about and defining jealousy? Sure, yeah, and I think you're absolutely right. I think that jealousy is thrown around a lot as if it means more than it actually does when you look at the scholarly literature. Mm-hmm. And there's 
different types of jealousy. So I'm talking about specifically romantic jealousy. So we can have friend jealousy and other types of jealousy as well. But romantic jealousy is when you're in at least some type of relationship. So you have some kind of a claim on a person. Now it could be you, you have a thing with them, you're talking, uh, you're in an actual relationship with them, but you have something to lose. You have a stake in this relationship and then whatever you have with that person is threatened by a third party, at least in your head. Mm -hmm. That's right. an important part of it. Jealousy is in your head. So something that we'll probably touch upon later is that it's destructive sometimes when it's in your head, but it's not real. Yeah. So considered to be jealousy. So it can be a perceived threat, something you perceive to be a threat, but it, it can also obviously be real. And so that's part of, of the challenge of it. Um, I would also distinguish it between, but it's not the same as envy. So right. yes. Yeah. So a lot of people will say, you know, I'm jealous of my next door neighbor because they have a great job and a BMW and the perfect children. That's not jealousy. That's envy. Envy is you want something somebody else has and jealousy is you're afraid somebody else is going to either take away or mess around with the quality of something that you already have. And then rivalry is different too. Rivalry is two people competing for something that neither person has. Mm. And the other distinction I would make is that some people talk about that you can kind of be jealous in hindsight. I think that's a little bit different. So now you might hear about things that your current partner did with your ex and that might be upsetting to you, but I don't think that's the same as jealousy unless you think your ex is an actual threat. So right. I think it's that component of somebody's taking something away or somehow messing with the quality of something you have and that it's a current threat. Yeah, I think threat is the operative word that distinguishes jealousy from these other negative cognitive experiences. And now to this day, uh, people using the word jealous when they mean the word envy is like my biggest pet peeve. And I always, I always, always, always go out of my way to explain to my students what the difference between those two things is. But you're right. There's you know, half a dozen different types of jealousy that we can express. Uh, and when we talk about jealousy specifically, it's good to kind of nail it down. So we're going to be talking mostly about romantic jealousy. Um, and, and that can be, you know, jealousy regarding um, an, um, a perceived threat to an emotional connection, but it can also be jealousy regarding a perceived threat to a, a sexual connection. Um, yes. So we'll, we'll take a little bit of time to distinguish that in a minute, but I really want to talk about the communication aspect of it. So when we experience jealousy, it's cognitive. And like you were saying before, when that cognition stays in our brain, it can be super harmful. Um, yes. So how do we um, physically, emotionally, and communicatively respond to jealousy when we know we're experiencing it? Well, I'm really glad you mentioned that it's got all those layers to it. Mm -hmm. I think about how people respond to jealousy. It's on those three levels. So we have thoughts, jealous thoughts. We have jealous emotions. And most of the time we have jealous behavior. Some people might not show the behavior. They might decide to avoid it. But most of the time we do show that through our communication. And they're all important parts of it. So, you know, the thoughts are going to direct in some ways what you communicate. You know, how are you thinking about this jealousy? How big of a threat is it? Um, how competitive is the rival with me for, for this position? And obviously the emotions, people who have the more detrimental, uh, kind of the jealous type, 
uh, of people, they tend to get preoccupied with their emotional thoughts. It's all they think about. And they also tend to have much more negative emotions. So they, you know, jealousy is also, a, a, it can be a good thing, right? If, if it makes you appreciate somebody and realize other people are interested in them, that can actually make you realize that you love them. So part of it is those emotions and the way you're processing it that is going to influence it. But in my research, the biggest thing that affects whether jealousy ends up being destructive or not in a relationship is the communication. And we've found basically kind of four categories of communication. One is probably the one most people think of, and that's destructive. So these are a group of responses that people have that are destructive. So yelling at the partner, you know, calling them names, accusing them of flirting with other people, uh, counter jealousy induction. So you're going to try to get revenge by mm -hmm. making them jealous too. You even see exes do this. You know, they'll go after the person that they knew their partner was the most worried and threatened by to, to get back at them. So this can even occur know after in that that sense and violence sometimes it's it in the literature there's a lot of talk about how violence is one or jealousy is one of the key predictors of violence but the thing to remember is that violence is relatively rare so if you isolate couples who've had violence it's usually in the top three of triggers of violence but that doesn't mean that if you're jealous, there's likely to be violence, if that makes sense. Right. Yeah, no, that's a really good point. A lot of people who don't, yeah, a lot of people who don't use violence, but when you look at the people who do, jealousy tends to be a trigger. Mm. And obviously you want to avoid those things. And there's constructive responses. And the two main constructive responses are to just talk about it and be open with your partner. And then the other one is compensatory restoration. And this is a, a big term that just means that you're trying to, you're, if, you, if somebody's threatening the relationship, you probably feel like there's things you could do to counter that. So if you think that the, you know, the rival has things you don't have, you might try to do those things. If you feel like uh, our sex life has kind of been boring lately, you might spice things up to try to combat, to combat that. So it's the things you do to try to make yourself the more desirable choice Mm -hmm. And the research shows that if you if you use the first one, the more constructive kind of talk, that's good. The second one, compensatory restoration, that's good to a point. If you do too much of that, you start to look desperate. Right? Oh, yeah. So so I'm glad that you brought compensatory uh, restoration up last because it is one of the examples that really speaks toward the uh, observable effect that experiences and expressions of jealousy can hold over a relationship because like it's one thing to be jealous and it's one thing to express that jealousy but it's an entirely different thing when you start looking at the consequences of those expressions because you know i think of like the classic story of like the overbearing partner who is per perceiving a threat and they confront their partner and their partner's like you have nothing to worry about everything's fine and then from there it goes in one of two directions right either there was something to worry about and there's a big problem or there was nothing to worry about and uh the jealousy was sort of fanning the discord in the relationship um and that can, that in and of itself can lead to really negative outcomes so um oh definitely yeah so yeah, what what does the literature say about that yeah i mean that's that's a really big issue so if you're perceiving jealousy when you you don't need to so you have a partner and that partner is loyal to you uh, if you're doing something like compensatory restoration that's probably not going to be all that harmful as long as you're not doing it so much that you you get desperate but if you're using if you have this angry uh, destructive response to it 
you know, that's going to be the problem. Your partner is going to feel like you don't trust them. The partner is going to feel like you're possessive. And, you know, one of the other responses to jealousy is surveillance. And nowadays we, we have lots of opportunities to do surveillance oh, yeah. and crazy things, you know, so if you're with somebody who gets jealous, they might be looking to see whose pictures you like on Instagram and they're looking, you know, on, on your Twitter page to see what you favorited mm -hmm. or, you know, constantly have these reminders of what you could be doing. The problem with that, of course, is if you're looking for evidence or looking all the time for something that is going to make you feel jealous, you're going to find it. You know, your, yeah. your boyfriend or girlfriend's going to like somebody's picture that's going to make you upset. Right. So if you're ruminating and constantly looking at their social media or, you know, thinking about checking their Snapchat score to see, you know, has it gone up? Who's their favorite? Who, who right? Who's got the coveted, <laughs> you know, hearts and stars, or I don't know what those emoticons Yeah, who do we mean, have but... shared? So they have the yeah. little sunglasses that, you know, we have a shared person. You know, if you spend your time doing all of that, you're taking away from time you could be actually investing into healthy behaviors in your relationship, number one, mm -hmm. but you're also feeding that jealousy. You're probably going to act more possessive. You're going to be questioning and that's going to push the partner away. And then when it pushes them away, they're going to interpret that as you don't love them. So it creates this whole kind of landslide of negative behaviors that can occur in relationships. Yeah. And it's so easy when you couple everything you just said with the abundance of technology that we have that can be used to help or hinder relational dating. And, you know, in, in a couple of weeks, we're going to have Dr. Mark Generous on to talk about dating in the online sphere. So I don't want to get too far ahead of ourselves. But yeah, no, I think that's extremely important, especially when you consider Gen Z. I mean, these are people who were born with a phone in their hands. So they it's no longer I need my partner's phone to, you know, to, to go through it. You can literally see whose pics they've liked. And there are ways uh, around, uh, you know, actually possessing another person's phone. And I think it's important to note that, like you said, those behaviors might actually be doing a lot more harm and you could be investing that mental effort into something like restoring the relationship or just talking about the situation. Exactly. And people even do crazy things, you know, in some of my data, um, I, I distinctly remember just reading this last week. Uh, this one, uh, this one woman actually went into her boyfriend's, had his password, and went in and took likes off all, all these girls' pictures. Oh no! He was very, he was very, very upset about this, obviously. Yeah. And she went through and she actually took them off. You can take somebody off as a follower, and she did that on a couple of his exes and a couple of his mm -hmm. friends. And he was very upset that she would do something like this and it obviously made her look very insecure and very controlling so it really backfired on her you know, and she wrote an entire page on this experience and, <laughs> and yeah in her mind it was okay because right. he shouldn't he shouldn't be connected to these women at all anymore right and so again that effort is best spent being like hey i'm noticing that you're liking all these pictures and it's making me feel a little off and then you can actually have a conversation about uh, the actual per the actual threat versus the perceived threat. So I, I guess that's a nice smooth transition into this next question that I have for you. We all experience jealousy, right? It's kind of like conflict. It's dynamic. It's pervasive. It's constantly going on, and we're all bound to fall into it at some point. So what do we do if we are feeling jealous and we need to somehow relieve that feeling? How do we decrease those feelings of jealousy? Yeah, I think the first thing is asking your partner 
if you think that it is a legitimate threat. So actually I should back up. The first thing wouldn't be a behavioral thing, it would be kind of checking yourself. Mm. Is this something that I'm just perceiving or is this something that is real? Also, I think that's the first thing to kind of think through. I think a little bit of surveillance can be okay. Mm. Uh, so if you are worried that your partner is, for example, you know, talking to somebody else and you do go on their Instagram page and you see they have a, a significant other, you might go, oh, okay, they've been telling me that they're just friends and it certainly looks like they are. Yeah. Not that they couldn't be lying, but, you know, I mean, that would be a, a trigger. So I think that's kind of the first thing to, before you jump, into getting jealous to think about that threat and how realistic it is and to weigh it against what your partner's doing. Mm -hmm. If you're jealous all the time and your partner's telling you that they're loyal, now you have to start to, to trust that to some, to some extent. So I think building that trust, having um, the communication about it, mm -hmm. I think not ruminating. Oh, so not constantly. And that's what that social media surveillance does. It gets you fixated on it. Now, oh, I checked their Snapchat score an hour ago. I need to check it again to see if it's gone up. And so you keep going back to that source. So I think that's a big part of it. If we can stop ruminating about it so much, I think that that will really help to decrease the amount of jealousy that we're experiencing. Yeah, I think that's a really good to point. To be more secure. Yeah, yeah. So a, a lot of self, you know, introspection, kind of like... A, a, breaking your own insecurities down. And then if it looks truly, really real, then a conversation might need to happen. But I think it's almost like posting something on social media, right? You wanna type it out and then you wanna stop and you wanna think and you wanna say, is this worth posting, right? Is, is it worth checking my partner's DMs? No, it's not let me work on myself. Right. And, uh, so exactly. speaking of the self, <laughs> this, this comes into the last thing that I want to talk about today. Uh, the research has spent a decent amount of time connecting jealousy to a theory that's known as attachment theory. Um, and that's not necessarily a communication theory, but it is definitely one that is used by communication scholars. And so really quickly to break it down, uh, attachment theory says that when we are very young and in our most early developmental stages, we form a bond with our primary caregiver. And then that bond is proposed to later impact the way that we handle relationships as an adolescent and as an adult. And we can either be secure or we can be insecure. Most people are secure, um, but when we are insecure, there's a couple of branches that we can take off. And I wanna specifically talk about the anxious, uh, the, the anxious secure attachment style and the preoccupied uh, mm -hmm. attachment style. And these tend to be, according to the research, and correct me if I'm wrong, these tend to be the folks who are most prone to experiencing jealousy, um, especially uh, perceived jealousy rather than um, you know, actual threat jealousy. So um, this is, I think, where the idea of being like the jealous type comes from. So yes. what do we do yes. about what do we do about these folks, these preoccupied individuals who who focus so much on the other person and the anxious folks who can't get the thoughts out of their head? How do we help these folks? Yeah, and it's obviously you know attachment is one of my other major areas of research, and mm -hmm. I've I've actually done a few studies on jealousy and attachment. So the two styles that you're talking about, preoccupied and fearful, as I would call the anxious ones. So the preoccupieds, they have well the thing that holds these two attachment styles together, whether you're preoccupied or fearful, you have a negative model of self. Yes. So you feel that you are. Now, that people are going to leave you, that you're not lovable, that there's you know something going on there. And you know, I would say 
for college students, actually, secure is not, it's not as high as it is for later in romantic relationships. If you think about what college students are navigating through mm. in terms of the hookup culture, in terms of all the ambiguous kind of almost relationships, and we're yeah. talking, we never made it to that. Also, if you look at attachment styles in college students, they tend to be secure with their families and their friends, but with their romantic relationships, not so much. It's actually under half tend to be secure. So preoccupied is this idea that you think other people are kind of good and it would be wonderful to have a relationship with somebody, but you don't feel really good about yourself. So a preoccupied person is going to feel like the person is going to get tired of them. The person's not going to love them as much as they do. And that's going to cause them to look for these jealous behaviors. The fearful avoidance usually been heard in a bunch of relationships. So they, they feel negative self-esteem, but they also feel like other people just aren't very good mm -hmm. are going to hurt them. So in either case, it really is this idea that you, you have this fear that somebody's going to abandon you. And so you're going to be likely to overinterpret some of their behaviors as being jealous. And then ironically, that's going to push them away. Yeah. Yeah. So for preoccupied, the thing you need if you're preoccupied is you need a good relationship and the thing that you're likely to do as a preoccupied is get jealous and possessive and demanding, and that's going to push the other person away. And then the other person's going to, or you're going to think as a preoccupied person, see, nobody likes me. Self-fulfilling prophecy. Right. And then for the fearful, they, they tend not, they, they tend to run away when they really like someone. And if they really like someone, they tend to have a lot of jealous feelings and be worried that they're going to be interested in other people because they've been hurt before. Mm -hmm. Lots of times what you see is fearful self-sabotaging their relationship a different way. Uh, so they'll they'll start to, instead of acting demanding, you know, fears, fearfuls will like push away and say, you know, no, I can't deal with this in a relationship. You're just going to hurt me. So I'd rather just pull the plug now in the relationship. Yeah. Yeah. And that's not to be confused with the dismissive type because those, those people push away, but they do it because they view themselves as good and other people as bad. And they're like, no, 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 no. You're not going to get into this life. Um, but I think a really important thing to mention here is that, um, yes, most people are secure and, and there's, like you said, there's probably a little bit less security in a stage like college, but it's also important to note that even the most secure people, when they're under a traumatic experience or when their emotions are very elevated or if they're going through a rocky relationship, what happens is we gravitate toward one of these insecure styles. Yes. So we could be a totally secure, positive model of self and others person, and then a traumatic incident happens and it pushes us toward perhaps being preoccupied. And that was that's gonna result in some uncharacteristic displays. So I just want, you know, for those folks listening, um, if you're hearing the behaviors that Dr. Guerrero just described and you're like, oh no, I'm preoccupied. Odds are you might be a secure individual who under stress gravitates toward the preoccupied uh, right. direction. Right, and I think it's really important to note that if you're the recipient of a jealous person who is either fearful or preoccupied, it is so frustrating because you want, especially if you love them and you want the relationship to work and they just have this trouble seeing you as loyal and that can make you start to be less secure in your attachment style mm -hmm. because 
they are then acting inconsistent and acting possessive and the relationship is out of whack. And then you're questioning all of your beliefs about yourself and other people because that's the foundation it's on. So that's another, I think, important point when you're dealing with somebody who is this a jealous type, it's very difficult on the person who's dealing with that as well. Yeah, and that really comes back to the notion of interdependence, right? Like your goals affect my goals and my goals affect your goals. And so if you start acting in a very jealous manner, it's gonna influence not only the way I see you, but also the way I see the relationship and the way I see myself because these things are so closely intertwined with each other. Um, so. Let me just say we're pretty much out of time. So I want to thank my guest, Dr. Guerrero. It's always so fascinating to chat with you about jealousy. Well, thank you. It's always fascinating to chat with you about whatever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, especially when um, my doctoral degree doesn't depend on the conversation. That's even better. Um, yes, yes. <laughs> so we are, we are indeed out of time. Next time, we're going to be talking about intercultural relationships and how those relationships relate back to everything we've talked about so far. So join us then. I can't wait for that discussion. Thanks again, Laura. Oh, thank you for having me. All right. Bye-bye. Take care. Okay, bye. You've been listening to Red Rock Relationships, a podcast about communication. Thank you so much for giving us some of your time. If you'd like to be on the show or have questions for us, please send us an email to redrockrelationships at gmail.com. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Just search Red Rock Relationships. Thank you again. And remember, it all begins with good communication. This has been a production from a podcast studio.